to our church at 10, 10, uh, 10 o'clock service. Uh, very lovely to see you this morning. Uh, just a couple of notices for me, and Debbie is leading this service. Um, Advent approaches. Uh, first Sunday in Advent next week, and uh, so we are decorating the church on Saturday, this coming Saturday, from half past nine. Um, so John, Ashton, and others will be very glad to see you if you'd like to help with that. So uh, just turn up half past nine on Saturday, and there will be jobs to do, so everybody's welcome to come and help with that. 
Uh, again, through Advent, uh, as we approach Christmas, we're going to be blessing businesses in the village again uh, with boxes of chocolate, tins of chocolate. So if you'd like to bring those um, ready for distribution in December, please just bring them from next week and uh, either pop them in the kitchen or some in the foyer and uh, we'll collect them and then we'll put a little list up as to where we want to deliver those to. So if you want to, would like to donate box of chocolates, that would be lovely. Um, the carol service uh, this year is on the 17th of December and uh, as ever, mulled wine and mince pies will be served uh, after that. So um, again, if you'd like to bring mulled wine and mince pies as donations for that service, again, just bring them from next week safely in the kitchen or so in the foyer and uh, they will be given out on that day. Over to Debbie. Good morning, everyone. We've moved sides, haven't we? So you all look, uh, you all look different from this perspective. So uh, it's lovely to see you here this morning. So um, today we've reached the climax of our Just Ten series as we reach commandment number one. You shall have no other gods before me. And J. John says this about this commandment. As the sun lies at the centre of the solar system and has planets orbiting around it, so all the other commandments revolve around this first commandment. So Peter is going to be speaking on this later on as we consider how to really put God first in our lives. And a massive thank you at the start to everyone who's been involved and is involved with um, today's service in whatever capacity that is. A massive thank you um, to you. And also to say that there will be a group for primary age children. I can see a few here, which is brilliant. And um, James and Phil will be leading that this morning. So thank you to them. And now I'd love it if the children, right through to the very oldest person here, could join in with our opening prayer. It's got some actions to go with it. So um, the actions are on the screen as well. So can I invite you to stand if you're able to do so? And we'll pray this prayer together. Lord, we are here to worship you. Would you meet with us? Would you meet with us through your Holy Spirit? Teach us through your words. Show us where we need to change. Turn. And give us all we need to serve you in the world. For the glory of your name. Amen. Amen. Okay, and if you'd like to remain standing, because we're going to sing our first two songs, if you'd like to wave flags during these, please do, that would be wonderful.
Okay, if you'd like to sit down, we're going to um, pray for the children now as um, they go out to their groups and they'll be rejoining us later on for communion and we look forward to hearing what you guys have been up to then. So let's just pray for them and their leaders as they go. Father God, we thank you um, for the children, and here's some more. We thank you for the children who are here this morning, and we thank you for their leaders. We thank you that you love them, that you care about them, and that you want to be their friend, and you want to be active in their lives. So Father God, I pray that as they go to their groups now, that they will feel your presence and your love for them. And I pray that they will have something to take into this week that is going to help them. Let them know that you are with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And as they go out, we're going to um, move into a time of confession where we say sorry to God for the ways that we've let him and others down this week. And to help us to prepare for that, we're going to sing again first, and then we're going to pray the words um, of the confession together, and I'll say an absolution, and then we're going to rejoin the song and finish it at the end of the confession. So you might want to remain seated as we sing. Everyone needs compassion. Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Saviour.
gracious God, slow to anger, swift to bless, forgive us and restore us. Grant us hearts that stand firm, a faith that is strong, and a hope that endures. Amen. Amen. So take me as you find me, all my fears and failures, fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in. Exodus 20, 1-3 The Ten Commandments And God spoke all these words I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt out of the land of slavery You shall have no other gods before me and the second reading is in Luke, chapter 10. Verse 
verse 25, and that is on page 1041. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. This is the word of the Lord. Right, let's just pray for Peter now as he comes to speak to us. Father God, we thank you for Peter. We thank you um, for the time that he has spent with you this week considering this commandment and all that it means. And Lord, I pray that you will bless him now as he speaks to us. And I pray, Lord, that you will continue to give us hearts that are open to all that it is that you want to say to us this morning. Lord, I pray that we will be changed by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning again. It is slightly strange standing on this side of the church. It feels like I'm favouring this half against that half, but I'm really not. I love you as much as I love this half. So you really, really do. So um, uh, do, do not take any bias at all in where I'm standing. Uh, so yes, we're, li- we're looking at um, commandment number one. And uh, as Debbie said, uh, we've been working through um, the Ten Commandments over the last few weeks, quite a few weeks now, hasn't it? But uh, we have finally got to the first commandment. So I'm going to start with a joke. Uh, A woman uh, wanted to have some companionship. Uh, She was a little bit lonely. And uh, so she wanted to, she decided she was going to buy a parrot uh, as a a bit of a companion that she could have a little conversation with from time to time. And so she went to her local pet shop and she uh, chose the parrot that she wanted and uh, she... um, took it home and took uh, just, you know, the parrot in the cage, but is a little bit disappointed because the parrot didn't say anything to her at all for the first couple of days. So she went back to the pet shop and she said to the manager, I'm really a little bit sad because my parrot just isn't talking to me. So the owner said, did you buy a mirror when you bought your parrot? And she said, no, I didn't buy a mirror when I bought my parrot. And he said, well, it's a good idea to buy a mirror because your parrot will probably like looking himself in the mirror and he might start having a little chat with you. So she bought a mirror, took it back, put it in the cage for her parrot, and uh, lo and behold, the parrot still said nothing. So she waited a couple of days, still the parrot said nothing. So she went back to the pet shop where she bought her parrot and she said, no, my, my parrot still is not saying anything to me. So the owner said, did you buy a swing? when you bought your parrot. So she said, I didn't buy a swing when I bought my parrot. So he said, well, it's a good idea because your parrot might like a little swing and have a little look in the mirror and that might set your parrot off in a little chat with you about how things are. And um, so she said, okay, I'll buy buy a swing. So she bought the swing, took it back, put it in a parrot cage with the mirror and um, waited a couple of days and still the parrot said nothing. 
at all. She still had no communication with her parent at all. So she went back to the pet shop and said, you know, my parent still is not talking to me at all. So the owner said, did you buy a ladder? Uh, did you buy a ladder when you bought your parrot? And so she said, no, I did buy a ladder when I bought my parrot. So she said, would you buy a ladder? Because your parrot will probably like a ladder. Can you go up and down, up and down on this ladder and have a look in the mirror and have a little swing and your parrot will probably start talking to you. She said, all right, I'll buy, I'll buy a ladder. So she bought the ladder, took it back, put it in her parrot cage and, and lo and behold, still the parrot said nothing to her. So she waited a couple of days and thought, well, this parrot is just not saying anything at all. So um, she waited a couple of days and then the parrot died. So she went back to the pet shop and she said, oh, I told the owner that her parrot had died. And so the owner said to her, well, did your parrot say anything to you before your parrot died? And well, yes, he did. He, he said, have you got any food? <laughs> it's a bad one, isn't it? It was a good one. Sometimes, I think, sometimes we forget to make the main thing the main thing. And the main priority in our lives, as commandment number one is saying, commandment number one says our main priority, the, the main thing in our lives, needs to be that we put God first. That we make God the main, the top priority in our lives. And so that's why we're looking today at commandment number one, which commandment number one says this, and if it's if name is really clever, she'll have this on the screen behind me. So commandment number one says, Exodus chapter 20, verses 2 and 3 says, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. So this commandment has the number one position, the top position, the highest position in the commandments because it is the most important of all the commandments. God says to us loud and clear that he and he alone is the one who has to have first place in our lives. And the first commandment begins with God and affects of course our relationship with, with God but the first commandment also affects our relationship with other people around us. God is God. And God will not play second fiddle to anything or anyone else in the entire universe, in the entire cosmos. Because God is God. What does Jesus say? Well, Jesus says the same thing. We had that in the second reading that Carolyn read to us from Luke chapter 10. So, uh, and Naomi, hopefully you'll put this on the screen again behind me. Jesus says on one, or one occasion, it's, it says in Luke chapter 10, it says, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? Jesus replied, well, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. It's pretty clear, isn't it? Jesus is affirming the commandments of the Old Testament to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbour as yourself. So God says to humanity throughout all ages, throughout all time, and in all places, he says to, uh, he says to humanity, he says, demonstrate your love for me, Show your love, your devotion to me by putting me first place in your lives. Above anything else and above everything else. 
And of course, this commandment links back very clearly to commandments number two and number three. Do not misuse God's name, do not take God's name in vain, and do not, do not worship idols. Uh, if you were here uh, a few weeks ago, we watched J. John speak on this and, and teach on the commandment number three, on uh, not taking God's name in vain. And, and remembering God's name is so holy and so precious that we must be careful how we use it. And be careful not to put anything else above God in terms of idols. When John Farrow talked on that a couple of weeks ago, not putting idols in place of God. Put God first in my life and in your life. Now, one of the best ways to illustrate this truth, this foundational truth of our lives as believers, is the use of the analogy of driving a car. This is one of the best ways of trying to understand how we might live this out. I'm guessing most of you drive a car, so it's probably an analogy that most of us can relate to. And a good question to ask ourselves is this, is where is God in the car of your life? Where is God in the car of my life? Where is he? Is Jesus in the car of your life? Is a, an opening question. Is Jesus, is God in the car of your life? Well, I'm guessing as you're here in church at half past ten on a Sunday morning, you are probably, you know, putting God in the car of your life, that he is somewhere in your life. So I'm guessing that's true of you. But if he is in the car of your life, where is he in the car of your life? So you might, you might think, well, um, God is in the boot of the car of my life. And so I, I you know, put God square and fair in the boot of the car of my life. And I'm, I might go to church on a Sunday morning, and when it gets to whatever time of the service, I get God out of the boot of the karma life, and he's with me in church for an hour. And after the service is over, I get God back in the boot of my life, and I shut the boot. And that's, that's the way it is. That's, you know, that's, God has been with me for an hour of my life. So God is in the car, but he's in the boot. Or is God in the back seat of your car, or is he... In, is he a passenger in the car of your life? You know, you, you might, um, you're going somewhere, you might decide occasionally to ask God um, for some direction. So, God, where, where would you like me to go at this point? What would you like me to do at this point in my life? So, you, you know, God is a passenger in your car. Maybe God is in the front seat of your car, in the passenger front seat of your car. Maybe that's where God is in the car of your life. So God is, is a companion. He's with you. He's next to you. And uh, occasionally, you know, you're talking to him, and, but yet you're still behind the driving wheel of your life, in the car of your life. And for others of you, uh, I'm guessing you would say to me, God is fair and square in the driving seat of the car of my life. He is the one who is in control. He is the one who determines the route I take in my life. Now, for every one of you who's thinking to yourself, oh, I'm, I'm the one, yeah, I, I would say God is in the driving seat of the car of my life. I want to ask you another, can I ask you another question? Are you a backseat driver in that car, in the car of your life? So for anyone who said, yeah, God is in the driving seat of my car, I wonder if you are a backseat driver. Let me explain what I mean by that. So you're going along in your life and you're, you know, living your day-to-day -day life. And then God says to you, I want you to go and forgive that person. 
And you say, no, Lord, I don't want to forgive that person. I don't feel like forgiving that person. So you slam on the brakes of the car of your life and you say, no, I'm not going to go forgive that person. And you, you go and you go somewhere else. Or you're going along, you're driving along in the car of your life and then God says to you, a little voice says to you in your ear, I want you to go and challenge that injustice that you see over there. And you say, no, Lord, I don't want to challenge that injustice. I don't feel like doing that at the moment. And you slam on the brakes of the car of your life and you say, no, Lord, I'm not going to do that. But what is Jesus saying? Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. <coughs> so loving God, putting God in the driving seat, as it were, the car of your life, in the car of my life, means we need to check and see. Check and see. To ask ourselves some difficult probing questions. Is he still number one in my life? Is he still number one in your life? Is he? It's not a once for all decision, being a Christian. Yes, of course, we make a decision at some point in our life to say yes to Christ, but actually being a Christian is a day by day, hour by hour, even minute by minute, decision making, choice making to give God control of our lives. And there are five good questions I want to put to you this morning about asking ourselves, is God number one in our lives? Is God first in my life and in your life? And I'm going to use the letters of the word first to help us to think that. So if it helps you to remember uh, what the preacher's saying, I'm going to use the, the word first and the letters, of those, uh, the letters of that word first to help us. F-I-R-S-T. So number one, is God first in my finances is God first in your finances Deuteronomy chapter 8 verses 11 to 14 says this be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God failing to observe his commands his laws and his decrees that I am giving you this day Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and your flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. That's Deuteronomy 8, verses 11 to 14. There's no doubt about it. We who live in, who, who live, uh, in the rich and prosperous West, who, who have warm uh, houses, who have enough to eat, who are generally speaking living a good standard of living, it is, it is easy, isn't it, to soon forget about God. The temptation in us is, I think, to, to put our trust in those things that we think will bring us happiness, will bring us satisfaction, will bring us fulfilment. And so there's a temptation to trust those things rather than to put our trust fully in God, who is the living God. So there may, may and I'm just, just a random list, and I have no condemnation in what I'm saying at all, but we, we can put our trust in things like trust funds or investment funds or insurance plans or private health care or jobs or education and so on and so on and so on. Now there's nothing wrong with those things, absolutely nothing wrong with those things at all. But the dilemma, the problem is we can put our trust more in those things than in the living God. And so that is what, what God was saying to all the Israelites many, many years, thousands of years ago, uh, way back, 
when Deuteronomy was written, and God is saying to that, that is, the, that is what can happen in your heart when you put your trust in those things more than in God. So when they settle down in the promised land, the danger is that their hearts will become proud and they will forget the Lord, their God, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. So that's a good and challenging question to ask. Is God first in my finances? Is God first in my retirement plan? Is God first in my income, in my expenditure? What or who has top priority? Does God get top priority or does something else get greater emphasis? Let me tell you, this question really challenges me. really gets to me. Uh, where I am with my walk in, with Jesus. It really does. Is God first in my finances? It's a question I'm faced with, uh, Debbie and I are faced with, um, because we don't own any property. That's just a fact. We, at the moment, we don't own anything. We don't own a house. We don't own a flat. We don't own anything. So sometimes I get really worried about that. I think, Lord, I don't own a house. I don't own a flat. I don't own a whatever. What am I going to do? What are we going to do when I get to retirement age and we've got nowhere to live? And so I have to really, I struggle with this because I think, Lord, do I trust you more than putting my trust in something else? And I do trust, I do, in my better moments, I do trust the Lord will provide. And I know he will. He owns the cattle on the thousand hills. And so my better moments, I say, yes, Lord, I trust you that you will provide at the right time. But still, there's a grappling going on in with, with me, in me when I, you know, see all these adverts of buy this house or whatever. There's still that real challenge going on in me. What about you? How do you need to trust God more in your finances? So that's the first letter, F. The second letter in the word first is the letter I. Is God first in my interests? This is a challenging one, challenging one again, isn't it? Where is God in the order of my priorities when it comes to how I spend my time? Or what I spend my time thinking about? Which brings us very strongly back to the second commandment that John Farrow helped us to think about a couple of weeks ago, doesn't it? Do not have any idols. God says, do not put anything in place of me. Do not have any idols. So what do we spend our money on? What do we spend our time doing? And the key to recognising this, what gets top priority in how we spend our money and our time, really recognising is that that is... Now, this is a challenge for believers and non-believers. Believe me, this is a challenge for everyone. But it's realising, where do I spend most of my money? Where do I spend most of my time? And how do I spend most... What do I spend most, most of my time thinking about? Now, don't get me wrong again. We need to have interests and we need to have pursuits. We need to have things that we like doing. We need to have things in our life that fire us up. It might be sport. It might be painting. It might be walking. It might be cars. It might be pets. It might be whatever. But God says, put me first in your interests. Love God first, and by all means, go and watch Shrewsbury Town play football on a Saturday afternoon. Absolutely. But have you noticed, though, and I'm not going to pick on, I mean, I, I, I like football to a certain extent. I'm not a, um, you know. Anyway, there's nothing wrong with cheering on your team, but have you noticed that if you go to a um, 
a, a football crowd. If you go to a football match, you are called a fan. You cheer on your team and you say, yeah, go for it. You're called a fan. If you go to church and you get a little bit excited about Jesus, you're called a fanatic. Now, there's nothing wrong with, you know, we are called to put Jesus first. Football's a game. Now, some people might disagree with that. Um, football's a game. But Jesus is the son of the living God, and he deserves us. We, you know, it's right to get excited about Jesus, isn't it? He is the son of the living God. He's brought salvation to us. Paul says to the Corinthian church, he says, So whether you, whatever you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. God wants us to enjoy this life. He really does. Live life to the fullness, he says. He wants us to enjoy this, this wonderful world and the multiplicity of ways we can enjoy this life. He really does. But put God first in our interests. F-I-R, F-I-R is the next letter. Is God first in my relationships? Uh, I wonder if you notice as we work through the Ten Commandments that the majority of them deal with how we relate to other people. Seven out of ten of them relate to how we treat or how we deal or relate to other people. So we have coveting, we have false testimony, stealing, adultery, murder, honouring our mum and dad, honouring our parents, taking a day of rest. All of those commandments are God's best for our lives. And they deal with how we relate to other people in a good and healthy way. God says, don't go around telling lies about other people. Instead, build each other up. He says, don't go around wanting what other people have got. No, be happy with what you have got. Don't go around being burnt out, exhausted. God says, no, look after yourself. Take a day of rest. Have some Sabbath rest. And when we put God first in our lives, then we have the energy and the commitment into building good and healthy and robust relationships with other people. Again, what does Jesus say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and love your neighbour as yourself. F-I-R-S. Is God first in my schedule? The truth is, we can get so busy, we can forget God. So much to do each and every day. There's so many things we've got to remember. So many things to squeeze into my, my schedule. Or whatever you're doing, we can squeeze God out of our lives. We can become one day a week Christians so easily. It's a bit like I, I was to say to Debbie, I will be faithful to my wife one day a week. The rest of the week, I'm free to do what I like. It doesn't work like that, does it? If you're married... You can't be faithful on one day and unfaithful the rest of the week. It doesn't work like that. Partial faithfulness isn't faithfulness, is it? So what's a good remedy? Make appointments with God. Literally, make space with God in your diary. Put an appointment with God in your calendar or your schedule, however you manage your time. Go off on your own for a, a quiet day or a half a day of quiet. Be with God in the quiet. Put some time in your day to read his word, to pray, to be quiet, to go in his wonderful creation. Tune into God, listen to God's voice. It takes a little bit of work to listen to God's voice, but tune into it. What is God saying to you in your life? Somebody once said, I don't ever spend more than 
five minutes praying, but I never go for five minutes without offering a prayer. Tune in to the one who really satisfies. Is God first in my schedule? Lastly, T, F-I-R-S-T. Is God first in my troubles? We all go through suffering, don't we? Every single one of us, at some point in our lives, will go through suffering. Everybody, we all do. Somebody put it like this. Uh, we all go through minor suffering and we all go through major suffering. Uh, minor suffering is what you're suffering. Major suffering is what I'm suffering. But suffering is part and part of being a Christian, isn't it? It's part and part of life. And I know a lot of people in this fellowship are suffering right now. And we need as a body to, to gather around and, and love as we are. Uh, it's to, it's to look after the fellowship, look after each other, love those who are suffering. So let's pray and let's care for them. And yet God says, put me first in your troubles. Look to Jesus in the dark because Jesus is the light of the world. Corrie ten Boom said something really powerful. Corrie ten Boom said this, when you are on a train and you go through and you go into a dark tunnel, that is not the time to jump off the train. That is the time to stay in your carriage and to trust the train driver and trust that he knows the way. So true, isn't it? Is God first in your troubles? Is God first in all these things? Is, he God, is God first in your finances, in your interests, in relationships, in your schedule, in our troubles? This is a very high and demanding calling we have as Christians, isn't it? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. This is a demanding calling. We are to see everything in the light of that perspective and do everything and our goal being the glory of God. Why? Because he loves us. A little story as I draw to a close. Um, the buses in London had an advert on them. On the side of the buses as they went through London or in the environs of London. And the, the advert was about the great British breakfast. Bacon and eggs. And one day the bus went past a field, had gone a little bit out of the city, went past a field and there was a, a, a chicken and a pig and a chicken and the pig um, noticed the advert on the side of the bus of bacon and eggs. And so the chicken said to the pig, hey we're famous. We are famous. Look, there's an egg and there's a bacon on the side of the bus. We are really well known. And the pig uh, turned to, to the chicken and said, well that's alright for you. You know, you just got to give a contribution. I've got to give everything to that. Everything. Jesus didn't give just a contribution. Jesus gave us his all. So put God first in your life and in my life. I'm going to finish by reading a prayer, or the prayer of commitment. Um, Methodists amongst you will recognise it straight away. And uh, it's there on the screen. What I'm going to suggest we do is I will read it myself first to allow you time to think about what it's saying and to allow you time to decide if you want to pray it for yourself. It's a very significant prayer. It's a very big prayer. So I'll read it first myself, allow you to have a look, have a listen, and then we'll read it through together if you feel able to join in with me. 
in saying this prayer. So just listen this first time round. I am no longer my own but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you. Exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. So if you feel able to say this prayer with me, I invite you to join in. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you, or laid aside for you. Exalted for you, or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And our glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Peter. Wow, that's quite a, a prayer to pray, isn't it? So I think before we move into a time of intercession, let's just... Um, keep a moment of quiet and uh, think about what, what it is that you've just prayed. intercessions today there'll be some words and pictures on the screen um, to help us to pray and um, what I'd like to invite you to do as we um, go through each little section is I will pray your kingdom come and I'd really like it if you would respond your will be done so let's pray together For all whose image of your creation is marred by pain and suffering.
For those who wake each morning to shellfire and destruction. Your kingdom come, your will be done. For children dispossessed of childhood and transformed into soldiers. Your kingdom come, your will be done. For refugees wandering lonely roads to uncertain futures. Your kingdom come, your will be done. For each persecuted family carrying your cross. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And now as we conclude our prayers, let's have a few moments of silence where we remember before God the families and friends of Jevon Hurst, Harvey Owen, Will Fitchett, and Hugo Morris, the four young men from Shrewsbury who so tragically lost their lives in a car accident this week. Let's have a moment of quiet as we lift them before the Lord. Father God, please bring their parents, their families, their friends and all those affected by this tragedy, your comfort in their distress. Please, when you surround them all in your never-ending arms of love. Amen. And now, if you're able to, would you like to stand, please? We're going to share God's peace with one another. Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. 
We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you and also with you. So let's offer one another a sign of God's peace. And as always, can I suggest that you sit down if you don't want um, somebody to approach you at this time. Thank you.
for our Eucharistic prayer, we're going to use uh, the children's liturgy, it's called, and uh, that will be on the screen behind me. And in this particular liturgy, when we get to what's called the Sanctus, the Holy, <coughs> Holy, Holy, uh, there is a way we do it. Um, so I will say the first Holy, you say the second Holy, and then we all join in together to say the third Holy. The Lord is here. His Spirit is with us. Lift up your hearts. We We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It It is right to give thanks thanks and praise. Holy. 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 It is always right to give you thanks, God our Creator. Loving and faithful, holy and strong. You made us and the whole universe and filled your world with life. Holy. 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 You sent your Son to live amongst us. Jesus, our Saviour, Mary's child. He suffered on the cross. He died to save us from our sins. He rose in glory from the dead. Holy. Holy, you send your Spirit to bring you life to the world and clothe us with power from on high. And so we join with the angels to celebrate and say, Holy, 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 God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Father, on the night before he died, Jesus shared a meal with his friends. He took the bread. He thanked you. He broke it. And he gave it to them and said, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this to remember me. After the meal, Jesus took the cup, the cup of wine. Again, he thanked you. He gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood, the new promise of God's unfailing love. Do this to remember me. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Father, as we bring this bread and wine, and remember his death and resurrection, send your Holy Spirit that we who share these gifts may be fed by Christ's body and his blood. Amen. 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 Pour out your Spirit upon us, that we may love one another, work for the healing of the earth, and share the good news of Jesus as we wait for his coming in glory. Amen. 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 For honour and praise belong to you, Father, with Jesus, your Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. 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 And so we will continue by saying the Lord's Prayer 
together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith, with thanksgiving. And we'll continue our normal custom of sharing the bread from the middle table, and the wine on either side, and the non-alcoholic uh, juice will be on that side of the church, and uh, you'll be guided for
misty, bright shining as the sun. Your ways are not our ways, your thoughts are high above. Oh! 
the body of Christ keep you in eternal life. Amen. Amen. And the blood of Christ keep you in eternal life. Amen. Amen. this post-communion prayer together. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. And let's lift those to the Lord who are unable to be with us here today. Father, we lift to those who are unable to be with us in our fellowship today for many reasons, Lord. We pray for them. We pray your blessing, your peace, your gentle love to be with them, upon them, surround them. Enable them to know you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So before our final song, um, would the children and their leaders like to come and share with us what you've been doing today? Um, we'd love to hear from you how things have been, what you've been doing. So, uh, what have we been, let's, let's ask them a few questions, kind of see what we've been doing today, because I think Felicity wanted to speak into the microphone, didn't you, Flick? So, what have we been doing today? We've been learning about candles and what candles mean. Okay, and the candles are to do with what festival or what celebration, can you remember? Christmas. And as well as Christmas, there's another festival. I think Phil is helping you with the word. Advent. Advent. Phew, we got there. That's, that's amazing. Well done. Does anybody else want to say anything? Do you want to say something? What are you looking forward to at Christmas time? Presents. Presents. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, we're looking forward to presents, and we thought that the most bestest present of all that we're looking forward to as Christians is the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? And we talked as well about Advent rings and candles that we're going to light in church. And what else did we talk about? What's that called? Advent calendar. And what we've got to do is, is we've got an Advent calendar to give each of you. Um, and just uh, kind of instructions for parents, they've got chocolate inside, fair trade chocolate, one a day from next Sunday, at any time of day. I'm not sure before you go to school is a good idea. Um, and, and also, um, there's a little booklet as, as well, so as well as a picture behind the chocolate, there's a little booklet um, for parents to kind of read out in the morning, or maybe you could read it yourself, um, about the Christmas story. So I'll just give this to Phil and I'll go and get the advent card. There we go, and as you can see, they've all done some fantastic colouring. Would you like to show everyone? 
There we go. Yeah, some have been turned into aeroplanes, but that's fine. There we go. Thank you. Okay, so would you like to stand? We'll sing our final song, King of Kings and Majesty. Let's stand to sing together.
And so the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon you and be with you this day, now, and always. Amen. Amen. So we go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. In the name, in the name of Christ.